welcome to The Healthy Beast, Sarah Cleo, dancer, choreographer and founder and owner of Studio K Dance Studio in Richmond. Now tell, tell us a little bit about what the studio does for people that don't know. Yeah, so uh, we're Studio K. Uh, we're based, we've actually got two studios uh, based in Richmond. We offer dance, we offer fitness and yoga uh, for adults. And we also have a full kids program. And we teach from ages three up to 15, street dance, acro uh, and contemporary as well. So we have a whole range of classes for everyone, kind of three years old to 93 years old. Yeah, just for fun, really, for building confidence, for fitness and just to get people moving and feeling good. Because well, this was a, this was a world I knew literally nothing about till having a daughter. But she comes to your dance studios, and she, the, from the very first time she came, she was she was blown away. You know, and I've watched some of the performances you put on, and the the level of joy that these kids have, and the level of energy they put into this just kind of crazy. Is it like is the dance like is it fusions of stuff you've learned or stuff you made up yourself or like a whole mix? How do you come up with the things they do? Yeah, so I can't take all the credit. I actually, um, since I've sort of built the business over the years, I've now got an amazing team um, and that helps add to the the pool of creativity that we have between us. But yeah, it's it, depending on which style they, they come to us for. We teach some foundations and kind of techniques that they would need to know for that style, just like you would if you were doing ballet, for example. Um, but then we just have, we have really creative teachers that come up with all sorts of great choreography and like exercises for them to explore their own moves and creativity as well. And then when we get to to put a performance on it's just great because we can use a good a good mix of that and yeah you're right it does um bring a lot of joy I think they have a lot of seriousness at school and especially with everything that's been going on this year it's been great to just keep keep up those classes and keep seeing the the kids especially learning new stuff and still being in that sort of creative space what was it like for you when you had to close originally in the first lockdown um yeah I'm not gonna lie it's been a rocky year but I think it has for everybody first time round back in March yeah, it was um, it was awful. We didn't want it to come to that sort of thing, but we just acted really quick. And we just kind of rolled with it and moved online as quick as we possibly could. And I think looking back, that was you know the best that we could have done. We managed to save as many people as we possibly could. We lost we lost a lot of members along the way, but what we did was transitioned to an online platform, sort of running classes on Zoom, and also what we made was like a members site, so we could offer some pre recorded content to keep people kind of busy and, and engaged with us as well. So the idea is that as soon as you can open, the people will be coming back. And you were able to open in the middle and have people come back when the first lockdown lifted, were you? Yes, so we were open, which was great, obviously with a whole load of new restrictions. Um, so for example, in one of our studios, we've gone from a capacity of about 16 to sort of anywhere between sort of five and six. So again, it was just you know, thinking on our feet, trying to be as creative and as innovative as possible. So what we started doing with the adult classes was streaming everything from the studio so we could have the five in-person members enjoying, enjoying the class in the studio, but then also as, you know, more people online that couldn't access the class which was actually working well I mean it's not really a long-term plan because we need those numbers to be able to go back up once at some point when social distancing hopefully uh, eases but it was it was working for us so obviously the second lockdown hit and and again that's been tough but we were already set up we were ready to move straight online and actually this time around the engagement's been really good people have I think because people are, are really fighting for this to only be a month they've stuck with us to try and keep some consistency consistency with their classes I mean, it's such a tough thing. I, think, I suppose at least with the dancing compared to martial arts is you you don't have to have people coming into contact with each other. But it's just a question, is it, of 
of getting them far enough away from each other just it's simple simply a question of that is it yeah yeah it, i mean it's got its pluses and uh, minuses so obviously being able to dance at home is easier than martial arts because you don't actually have to kind of punch anybody or roll around with anybody but once you're in the studio yes we've kind of got people in there in their own box and they've got lots of space but the beauty of of what we do it's although it's not necessarily contact i feel like it's that connection you have with people and there's something about just having a packed studio of like sweaty people dancing like as if you're in a in a club i guess it's kind of that energy you get from the freeness of all being able to just move around and um, we've had to be so strict on the way that we're teaching everybody's now very regiment stay in your box leave in an orderly fashion you know it it feels a bit more sterile than we would like it to feel but if that's the only option for now we're going to have to roll with it because being in person in that respect is better than not being able to be in the studio um, but yeah I mean it is tough and as, as you'll say with martial arts it's um it's not ideal but people are just trying to make it work for now to to keep it going so that we can get back to it at some point yeah, because I guess everyone's doing what they can with Zoom. But the thing you can't, the thing that's really difficult to replicate other than space and physical contact and things is that energy level. And some one of the things about Studio K, I've noticed, you you can just be, you could just be walking past and you, not just the music, but the, the kind of, you're kind of drawn in. There's people, there's people bouncing around doing all kind of techniques I don't know the names of. And, and um, yeah, just that incredible energy level. And to, to get that through your computer screen, I guess, is... Is pretty difficult do you find your teachers having to like amp it up even more from the comfort of their own homes oh god absolutely but firstly that's just amazing to hear from a from a parent of, of one of our students just to hear that we give off that energy because that's kind of what we've always been um sort of striving for so that's great to hear and yeah we, we really pride ourselves on on kind of bringing that vibe but yeah it is do you know what at the beginning of the first lockdown people were like a little bit excited the instructors like oh we're online this is different um, but it lost its excitement very quickly and from an behind the scenes point of view really each instructor has come to me at some point and been like I can't do it anymore I just can't find that energy to get on zoom it, it's hard yeah you don't you don't feel the same connection with people and you have to give in the studio you have to give 100% anyway but on zoom I feel like you have to give like 200% just to get back you know, and try and connect with people the best you can. And it's interesting because all my instructors have at some point struggled with it and were dying to get back in the studio. But once they get on there, especially with the kids and, and you see them on the screen, it you do enjoy yourself teaching. It does become easier, but it's kind of amping yourself up to do it that has become a bit of a struggle. I think none of us thought it would push on this long. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things which you can do it for a bit, but this is the point at which we're thinking, is this, is this what our lives are like now? Is this just what we have to do? Do everything through a screen. But I think, you know, it's it's... I, th I suppose it's just trying to not let things go too badly wrong during this time. You know, stay sane, stay stay healthy and stay happy. Um, yeah, guess... absolutely. Uh, from the feedback we've had from our community, uh, they've just been vital for people's mental health more than anything else. And it just became, a, it became more about that than about saving our community and kind of serving them better. And what could we offer them to help them stay like you've just said, fit well, mentally well, physically well. And it kind of became less about driving the business forward. We've just taken a pause this year and we, we've, we're kind of serving a different purpose for now, but that's absolutely fine. And if we've made a difference to just a handful of people, which I believe we have, then I kind of feel like our, our um, job has been done this year. How long have you been running the business now? 
so six years I've had Studio K. I've been teaching and doing other stuff before that, but I actually opened the business as my own. Yeah, six years ago. So starting with one studio and then about four years ago, I opened the second studio. So it's just been growing ever since. And were you dancing as a little child, like these ones as well? Did you do it since forever? Yeah, I started ballet and tap at three, danced my whole life. And then when I was sort of a teenager, I decided that this is what I wanted to do. There was uh, nothing else I wanted to do. In fact, I even remember um, having a careers meeting at school uh, where they, you put all your stuff into the computer and they said, oh, you should be, I don't know what it was, like a speech therapist. And I was like, no, I'm going to be a dancer. And somebody tried to tell me that wasn't a real job. And my mum had to come to school and tell them she's very stubborn. She's going to be a dancer. Yeah. And then at, at 17, uh, I got accepted to a very prestigious musical theatre college in London. I'm from up north. I'm from Sheffield. Uh, so I moved down to London at 18 and um, yeah, just never, never looked back. I uh, trained and then performed, then some teaching and then just my path took me along the, the way of me wanting to take it into a business and, um, and be able to sort of bring dance to more people in a different way from me performing. So what, how, how, when you look back at that conversation with the teacher now wanting you to do something sensible and boring, do you kind of think, well, I've got, I've got away with it, I've, I've managed to become a grown-up and still be doing fun things? Yeah, to be honest, I'm probably only here doing this just to prove them wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm a firm believer in you've just got to, you know, life is short and you've got to do something that makes you happy. Um, and I just dance and perform to make myself happy, but now can can bring opportunities and bring that to more people to also help them, you know, whatever it is they come to us for, kind of use dance to fulfill their potential and, and to make other people happy as well. But yeah, I'm, um, I'm very stubborn and defiant. And uh, when I was told that I should be a speech and language therapist, I wasn't having any of it. And I was just so lucky that my mum supported that because I had other friends that wanted to dance that were not in the same position. And their parents said, no, you do have to get a real job and off you go to university. So um, yeah, no, gratitude and and now I'm now as a new mom I'm hoping that I'll be able to to bring a bit of that and make sure that my daughter's able to do whatever it is that makes her happy and that she wants to do because I think it's really key I was just writing down something you said because if this was this this crazy year was made more complicated for you by the fact that so what was the timing with the so March was the first lockdown and you were due to give birth when yeah, so I gave birth on the 11th of April, which actually was the peak week of the first peak. So yeah, definitely not the most ideal time to have a baby, but there was no other option. So it happened and it was wonderful. And although it's been, there's been a lot of negatives, it's been, it's been a really tough time because uh, obviously all my family are up north. So it was a long time before she was able to meet anybody. Uh, it, we're also taking the positives in that it meant that we were at home. I, you'll, you'll know from, uh, from your daughter, I was due to put on a big show at Richmond Theatre for my full studio on the uh, 17th of May, which I think in hindsight that being cancelled may have been a blessing because I would have only had a three-week-old baby. <laughs> so yeah, I've had a lot more time at home sort of bonding and, and enjoying her and looking after her. So it's been pluses and minuses, but it's definitely been a crazy year to have a baby. But I feel like she'll have something, you know, to a story to tell in years to come that she was born when she was born sort of thing yeah because when we're all talking about our own uh, the different experiences we've had this year pe people like you are the one of the ones we talk about because obviously it's tough for different people in different ways but you're kind of thinking with having a baby because in, in some ways it's super hard because you know yeah you, you're, you're, the isolation but 
one of the nice things about having babies you do kind of wrap up with yourself so was it quite was it quite nice in some ways like that having all that just time just the three of you yeah it was um but it was just added the, the stress was added to because my business was a sort of in such a rocky time and we were literally transitioning it online and trying to save what we could and furlough people and so I, I couldn't fully relax but I definitely took took some time and yeah I mean I'm sort of saying oh it was a shame she didn't get to meet people but I guess on the flip side normally when you have a baby people are just turning up at your door every five minutes and maybe that's not ideal either so um so yeah no it was it was nice we definitely had a good chunk of time at the beginning to just to just sort of cocoon ourselves because there was no other choice and there was nothing else to do yeah <laughs> so it was quite- that's the thing, I suppose. If, if for all of us, you, you'd been able to enjoy yourself a lot more if it wasn't for the for the background worry. You know, everyone's got their worries about you know whether it's people they employ or their employment or their furlough. So it's not like we were just all having a big holiday, you know, with nothing to worry about. We've all got our own concerns. So you can get FOMO. <laughs> That yeah. was the one thing. Everyone else would, would normally be on holiday and partying, and I didn't get any of that because no one was doing anything. So that was that was a, a, a bonus, yeah. But, but we're talking about how joyful it is in the studios. And it was making me think, I don't know how you felt growing up, but there always seemed to be this idea that the fun has to stop at a certain point. You know, this is like a certain point you've got to have, you've got, you've got to start doing serious things. And it, things do seem to have changed overall in that, like, my kids at school now, School seems to be a lot more of an enjoyable experience. You know, they're actually, they're actually trying to make it fun for them. Whereas the studio, your studios, it's all, it seems to be all about the fun. But are there times when you have to get, you know, you maybe children are messing around. Are there times when you have to become like a serious school teacher or is it always fun? Oh, absolutely. No, I mean... <laughs> Although it, 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 there is a lot of focus on it being fun because we do think, you know, it's good for, for kids to have that. There are activities that are, are more serious and we want them to be able to kind of build confidence and enjoy themselves. There's also a lot of discipline involved, you know, growing up myself dancing. I know it was more ballet and, and tap and more kind of conventional styles, but no, we definitely we're there to teach them the boundaries, the discipline. Obviously, it's been stepped up when we reopened with COVID because we're having to try and explain to four and five-year-olds why they have to stay dancing on their spot so there has been a bit more emphasis on the discipline just to make sure that we can still teach them safely but no I think it's just all about the balance I think it depends what style you're doing for example with the acro dance that we now offer there's a huge emphasis on discipline and boundaries and making sure that they're safe more than anything and they understand that they need to go home and practice they need to make sure they're stretching and strengthening otherwise they're not going to improve so what's amazing actually is that it still seems like fun and and the kids are still coming away saying they've had fun because in there they are learning they are you know improving but they're also enjoying themselves and I, I think that comes down to great teaching actually a great kind of core values in our business of what we're trying to do but also then a great team of teachers that can balance and they've got good experience and good training on how to discipline but also how to you know have fun with them at the end of the day because yeah if we didn't have fun they wouldn't they wouldn't come back it's extracurricular they don't have to be there and you know it's great for us that they want to be there and they do keep coming back and they're still joining us even on zoom so because it's it it could sound if you hadn't seen them like it's just messing around but it's because it's a proper it's a proper athletic endeavour, you know. It's almost like you're tricking them into doing doing something athletic because you're not saying, right, this is you run around that big track as fast as you can. You're doing something that they're 
they're out of breath and they're you know they're getting in shape but they're not really thinking about it it's the same thing with martial arts where you give them something fun to do and they don't feel like they're being pushed I guess yeah absolutely I think everyone's different and with kids you've just got to find what it is that works for them because not everybody wants to run around outside not everybody wants to play a team sport and that's why what's really nice about our studios we have such a mix of boys and girls as well that come to us and you know that stigma of dance being girly you know hopefully there's a lot of things over the years that have have helped to change that but it certainly isn't relevant in in our studio we especially with our street dance classes you know we have a really good mix we have some classes where it's mainly boys and it's just not everybody wants to do the stereotypical thing you know not every girl wants to go to ballet not every boy wants to play rugby or football so it's having options I think for kids where they are like you've said they are getting fit they are getting out of breath but they are learning we might not be a team sport but they will definitely have to learn some elements of how to work as a team within a class because you know if we put on a piece that goes on stage they need to know how to change position and transition and entrance and exit and how to partner up and obviously not with covid we can't do any partner work but um but yeah it's just it's for kids it's just finding a different way yeah you're right tricking them into getting the the end goal but um maybe everyone ha- is on a, a slightly different path a lot of them i guess just doing it for fun but when for you you get to that point of doing it as a as a job and having to have auditions and and all this kind of thing. I presume at that point, there are people who are taking it so seriously and that there's heartbreak if you don't get in to get this job or get into this. So you can tell by the, by the words I'm using, it's not a place, it's not a world I understand, but there must be heartbreak in that world, surely. Oh, absolutely. Being a professional dancer is no joke. It's very lonely and it is tough. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, you, you queue outside for hours sometimes for auditions. You know, you get cut in five minutes. And it's, it is. It's horrible. It's a cutthroat world. It's a lot about who you know sometimes, um, uh, you know, as are lots of industries. But no, it's it's tough, but it is rewarding once you, you know, are on a job or doing something that, you know, you've worked really hard for and you get to do something you love. It is amazing. So I think like everything... It, you know, it doesn't come without its challenges, but if you work hard and you can achieve something, then it's worth it. Um, now, it did get to a point where I was fed up of queuing outside for auditions and getting cut and being too short or too blonde, or then I dyed my hair red and then my hair was too red. And I just thought, no, what I need to do now is go back to the the kind of joy part of it um, and, and you know, and switch my focus. So, yeah, th- there was a time that came for me that I just, I wasn't, um, so interesting that but interestingly for me I actually then came across a, a new style which again I'm sure you will have never heard of um called whacking, whacking. which is whacking is is my specialist style um and I was given an amazing opportunity around 10 years ago to be part of the first UK whacking dance collective um it's a dance from back in the 70s um but it kind of had a resurgence and we were the first people doing it in the uk so with that came some amazing opportunities you know i danced on the main stage at lovebox festival i was live on swedish tv at some point doing a a battle um you know we were at o2 arena and, and all sorts of things and um it for me it was just you know i just found a different path i still got to dance but um you know through a slightly uh, yeah off the wall kind of way of doing it but um yeah I just found a way is it is it a bit like acting with the level of the constant disappointments because I had this guy I know who was telling me about the day he decided to stop being an actor and he told this story about he was in an audition and 
he was he had he was totally naked standing in front of a table of people pretending to sh- to shampoo him his naked body in the shower and they just went next and he said he was kind of scrambling to put his clothes back on and and leave with with some shred of dignity and he just thought oh this is this isn't for me was it this, this kind of thing with dancing obviously not, maybe not the nudity but the kind of constant was, rejection was never naked in an audition but uh, yeah a lot of a lot of that rejection it is it's just cutthroat people like forget that you're actual people with feelings that have trained really hard and like just kind of like gone above and beyond to try and get yourself to these auditions and then they just literally don't even look up from their paper and and sometimes people will just cut you and um yeah it is it's tough just like being being in the acting world um I trained sort of multidiscipline I was sort of acting and actually my first job out of college was an acting job but then after that I um continued with dancing but no it is it's tough but I, I mean it's tough in a lot of industries as well so I, I don't think it's anything to that you wouldn't expect you wouldn't you wouldn't embark on a career as a dancer or an actor and not expect it to, to have a, a rough ride so. and you've got injuries on top with dancing as well you get injured a lot I've actually touch wood been very lucky I've got a lot of friends um and people that I trained with that yes have have had a, a really tough time with injuries I my the injuries I've sustained I had a couple while I was at college like ankle injuries but was just really quick to get on the physio and um, get them better. So they've not really affected me too badly. And then later on, actually, when I was teaching was a, a worse injury. I uh, damaged my hamstring quite badly. Um, but again, I was told that it may not go back to sort of full flexibility, but I just worked really hard on um, all of the exercises I was given and making sure I got, you know, saw someone quickly and got the right treatment. And I've actually managed to um, get that back to to where it was before um so no I have been quite lucky but I yeah some people are, are, are not so fortunate and injuries can really yeah that can be the end completely the end of your career what's the length of the career like compared to other disciplines and sports is it, is it if people are very young when they're performing and then yeah absolutely so it, it depends what you're doing because like I've kind of carved this strange path that works for me um but as an actual, you know, I guess like um, a chorus dancer or cruise ship dancer, yeah, they they kind of want you young, out of college, like um, fresh faced. Um, but I would argue you can find a way to still be dancing for as long as you feel like you can still be dancing. You might just have to be a bit more creative of where you find the opportunities. I mean, there's opportunities um, in TV and, and theatre for for people that aren't just young and straight out of college um and you know the way I've kind of found to do things I've just been I've kind of created opportunities for myself if that makes sense but yeah generally people the the career as a dancer like if you were a ballet dancer yeah it's it's a short career and then most people would go into teaching or um you know something hopefully still within the field of dance but maybe a a slightly different different path than performing I I guess it's different because when you're an actor there's a bit more of a span of um, of time frame, but yeah, dancing your your body probably similar to martial arts. There's only so long um, you can kind of take that amount of strain on your body um, to be you know full time performing in, in something like ballet or something where you're in a show you know seven or eight shows a week doing the same thing over and over. I guess it's the I guess because you mentioned martial arts and I, I think about this a lot and it comes up because people think. And I, I thought this going up, particularly with co- with um with contact sports, you kind of think, oh well, it's a young person's game, and obviously professionally it is, and you get to whatever it is, thirty, thirty five, and, and you're getting old. But doing something for yourself is a is a completely completely different thing. So jujitsu, particularly, and then there's there's one the very famous old founder who was doing it when he was in eighteen eighty nine. 
And I think people that are doing it, as long as you train in the right way, you should look at it as something you can do your whole life. So with, with your studios, obviously we've talked about the kids, but is this, is this kind of dance, is it something that someone could do for the foreseeable? Is it, can you kind of modify it for people who are getting older? Do you have older students? You said you, said you had older people, but I guess I'm only, I'm only there when it's kids' classes, but... Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's that's great that you said that because um, we kind of have a, a bit of a joke in the studio about, um, especially with our adult ballet classes, uh, we sort of say if you did ballet with when you were a kid, they're kind of pushing you aesthetically to look and, you know, and be able to then go into ballet to do ballet as an adult. We're like, OK, scrap everything you learned, so all the bad technique you were taught when you were, ki- er, were a kid. And um, now we're going to teach you how to look after your body and to, you know, build your posture and your strength and your flexibility so that you can safely keep doing this forever in in my opinion there's no reason why you couldn't dance forever for yourself before I think you know we're talking about professionally like you said um but no as an adult there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't um join our classes till whenever you feel like you're still enjoying yourself and there's you know it's obviously like impact levels if you don't want to jump around quite so much you you don't have to and but we have members I can't think of, of the oldest at the moment but we've definitely taught people all the way up into their 80s at the studio there's absolutely no reason and why you can't dance especially something like ballet if you've got a love for for that from being a child um yeah come back to it as an adult or if you've never done it and you think oh god you know they're going to put me in tights and a leotard and I'm too old like absolutely come and come and give it a try and I promise you we will kind of get rid of that stigma and it's just fun I feel like just like how the kids don't all want to do the same thing not every adult just wants to go to the gym and run on a treadmill but we all need to move and we all need to find something that makes us happy and feel good so if you like music I guess that's the, that's a good place to start if you like music come and give dancing a go there's no reason why not I was, I was talking to Steve Benitez on the podcast last week and he's obviously known he's a martial arts instructor but he I, I was asking him about like was there anyone unteachable and he kind of thought back and he found this one person who hadn't wanted to do anything you know and it was a really big person who could barely get off the off the couch but he, he managed to sort of find some music she liked and, and lure her up to sort of start dancing a few steps so I suppose maybe it's like the first the first thing you can you can access the first kind of fun thing everyone likes a bit of music don't they absolutely we've got some amazing success stories of people that have walked in and said you won't be able to teach me anything like I'm here to give it a go but I'm not you're never going to be able to teach me three steps next to each other Um, and you know six months later they've been on stage performing an entire three minute piece um you know front center with with all the confidence as well so yeah I mean I take the challenge on. I think even even more now. Now we're on Zoom. People feel a bit safer in their home, and I know you 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 can see them, but you're only a tiny little screen. And I think um, what's nice is we are accessible. Um, and I think dance just it can just be so powerful, like just to bring people yeah out of themselves. So age definitely isn't a, a limiting factor to me. And ability, yeah, maybe don't join an advanced choreography class because you're not going to go away feeling good about yourself. But definitely come and give something more beginner a go. And yeah, just even if you're doing your own thing, we don't really mind. It's not like um yeah the 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 vibe we give in class, especially with the adult classes, it isn't quite so serious. So even if you're um going left and we're going right. As long as you're having a good time, give it a few weeks and you'll you'll get it. You, you, meant, you mentioned the name of one of the dances before, Acro. Now, because is that is that a well-known dance or is it just something just you guys do? Is it is Acro itself kind of thing lots of people do? It's not something so, you invented yourself, is it? What is, what is, what is it? I don't even know. 
Yeah, acro dance. Acro dance is what we've called it. But basically, it's it's come about because people watch a lot of these dance programs on the telly and there's a lot of kind of gymnastic elements that appear that never really used to be that popular. But the kids watch them and they there was a point where they were calling this, a lot of parents were calling the studio saying, they want to dance like, um, there's a couple of programs like Dance Moms, The Next Step, things like that. They want to do all those tricks, but they also want to be able to dance. And we've tried gymnastics, that's great, but that is gymnastics. We've tried ballet, but that's ballet. So we were very lucky that we've got an incredible teacher at the studio, um, Chloe, who is, uh, you know, ex-gymnast, trained, insured, qualified. That's that's her thing, but she then trained as a contemporary dancer. So a lot of the studios now are kind of bringing this fusion, uh, calling it acro dance, so that they're getting the technique and safety of learning the acrobatics part, you know, cartwheels and splits and flips and backbends, all the things that you want to put into your moves, but they're also learning the the dance element, like the um, how to move through each move and then put it into a dance routine and how to work it to music so it's not just the gymnastics. So I'm not sure I can take credit for actually kind of developing uh, or coming up with the, the phrase acro dance because I know a lot of studios do something similar. But there's definitely uh, definitely kind of been a kind of surgence for it over the last few years since a lot of the American programs have hit TV and the kids want to flip around the living room and then parents are calling us saying, oh my God, they're going to hurt themselves. Can they come and learn this properly? So we kind of created a class for the demand, I guess. Well, it must be like, so it's acrobatic dancing, basically. I mean, it must be something that's going on. I can't look at Instagram without some man trying to teach me how to do a backflip and I'm quite... I'm quite tempted to go. I think it's probably that that ship might have sailed by this point in my life. <laughs> never. <laughs> never, never give up on it. So, so you you had you had your daughter in beginning of April. So, what I want to know is how long between before you started doing a few tentative dance steps as a as a brand new mother? Did you? Yeah. So. Um... Strangely enough, the night that I actually had her, I did a ballet class that evening. <laughs> so I never really stopped dancing. Um, yeah, the joy of having Zoom classes that I can join in from my own studio. So that was wonderful. I think that maybe started the process, which was good. So I gave it a few weeks. Um, I The first thing I did was, again, it was just ballet and it was just gentle. But And, and I wouldn't advise this because um, obviously everyone's body is different, but I know my body very well and I felt uh, okay to have a go a bit of ballet. I think it was probably only about three weeks, two or three weeks. I was feeling like I needed to just move a bit. I didn't do anything crazy. And then after six weeks, when I sort of got the go ahead that you're you're good to train again, um, I started working with a, a pre and postnatal fitness trainer on Zoom just to get my strength up and really be clear on what I should and shouldn't be doing. And after a few weeks of that, I was dying to get back to class. So yeah, I was doing some bit of yoga, a bit of ballet, a couple of choreography classes. And then I think I started teaching again, maybe gave it about two months, two, two months. And then I just gently started teaching. Now I'm teaching just a, a couple of classes a week, um, more of my fitness stuff because um, yeah, that, that's good for me to keep moving as well. But no, I didn't leave it too long, but I did just listen to my body and well, everybody's different. When you, when you did that class, you said the, the night your daughter was born, are you talking about like just looking at a laptop and telling people what to do? You're not talking about like getting up and... No, I wasn't teaching. I was joining in. I was on maternity leave then, but because our classes had moved to Zoom, I thought I'll do a, a beginner intermediate ballet. This will, this might do. This might help me along the way. I was already six days overdue, so yeah. I mean, I I, I didn't do any of the full plies all the way down to the floor because I thought I might not get back up. But yeah, I definitely banged out a, a pretty substantial forty-five minute ballet class and then went into labour two hours late. <laughs> wow. 
So you just, yeah. Once a dancer, always a dancer. You can't stop. That's the problem. So you can do it. So you can do a ballet class when you're overdue to have a baby. You can participate in ballet. Again, I can. I'm not saying that this is good for the general population. Always consult a doctor before anyone gets me in trouble. I don't think anyone's going to hold you legally responsible for your medical advice, but it's interesting. It's certainly interesting to know, because obviously as a man, we're not necessarily able to offer our opinion on what women are and aren't able to do. But when my wife was heavily pregnant, I was kind of getting her to kind of go on fast walks to, you know, keep, because it's good to stay strong, isn't it, when you're... Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, of all the massive athletic endeavours, having, I mean, I've, I've observed it on two occasions and, and, it, and I've, I've never done anything that difficult. I know that much. So you've got to be in shape. So it's probably, it's probably a good thing to do a bit of ballet on the day you have your, not, not afterwards, maybe, but. <laughs> maybe not. Um, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. It is no joke. You definitely need to be fit. So um, yeah, I was still teaching. Uh, I, I taught my last class the week the studio had to close. Um, and I think that forced me into maternity leave. Had we not gone into lockdown, I'm not entirely sure when I would have actually stopped teaching because I still felt like I could keep moving. But yeah, then, then once we were into that lockdown, I think I had two to three weeks before she was born. So um, yeah, I just kind of jumped on a couple of I did a bit of yoga. I couldn't do much because <laughs> I was massive. But yeah, and, and a bit of ballet. So yeah, I don't see why not. Just if you if you feel like you can keep moving, you've got to keep moving. So it worked for me. So when you were so when you were eight and a half ish months pregnant, you were still in the studio teaching the classes. Yeah. Were, were people about were, seven a week? Oh, sorry, I was about teaching about seven classes a week. I think at at that point. Do people get a bit wary of you at that stage? Because I remember, like, um, with my wife, when you're when you're so close to giving birth that it's obvious, people are a bit like, oh, they they find it, they seem to find it hard to relax around you because they're like, are you are you about to have that baby right in this studio? Or yeah, there was a little bit of that, but um, yeah, they just kind of as long as they were still getting a good class and they that I was okay, they were um, yeah, they were all right with. It. And, but and now are you feeling are you feeling kind of because you've not had a child before but you, so are you feeling kind of pleased with how strong you've you felt afterwards yeah I feel like I've um I feel like I've made a good recovery I think it was good that I did that um some of the pre and postnatal stuff straight after just to make sure that um I kind of strengthened up in you know just as I could without going too crazy too quickly but yeah, I mean, sort of seven months this week, seven months postpartum this week. And I feel I feel really good. I feel like I'm I don't want to use the phrase like back to normal because this is my new normal. You know, my body is different, but um, I do feel like I'm getting stronger and I feel like I'm getting fitter because that was the main thing that went because you can't do as much cardio. And I am like a cardio queen. I felt like it was more my fitness that's you know that was the harder thing to get back strength I can you know it just builds as, as you go but um no I, I talked Zumba last night and actually for the first time thought do you know what I feel feel like I'm pretty fit again so um yeah it's definitely been a journey um, and it's not been conventional because you know maybe I would have been at the gym or I, I don't really you know I would have been back in the studio teaching and that didn't happen for a really long time so um, I'm not sure what would have happened had we hadn't had this year but yeah I've just kind of dealt with it and done some workouts on the balcony at the beginning and then a bit of teaching in my kitchen just making it making it work. You mentioned yoga is that something you you've always done or so yoga, I started more recently, a, couple, a few years ago. And what, basically when we added it to our adult timetable at the studio, I, I kind of added it thinking, all oh, right, well, I'll pay an instructor to do that. But 
I'll join in myself because <laughs> that that will be good for me. Um, and I love yoga. I think it's I think it's great whether you're doing you know like something really dynamic and it's you really feel like it's working your body or something really slower pace that kind of is just a bit more mindful because I often don't take much time to to do that kind of thing. But yeah, it's definitely something that I try to keep up when I was pregnant and then also get back into it as soon as I felt able to um, afterwards as well. I think it's just good. It works for me. It's good. It's good for my body. And then, um, you know, kind of need that stretch and that that core work as well. I think it's I think it's amazing. I was a, I was a late convert to yoga, but I think it's brilliant. It's one of those things that if I've got spend five minutes talking about health with someone I'll, I'll try and persuade them to do jiu-jitsu and if that doesn't work well all right yeah yoga then you've got to do you, there's no excuse for not doing one of them because there's no excuse for not doing yoga I think well I could think of a few the the clothes the some of the sometimes yeah but now you can do it in your kitchen or your lounge so there's definitely no excuse you don't even have to go to a studio with a fancy mat and uh, and all the yogis and I, I actually caught myself you know not thinking not thinking it's something I'm particularly into but then suddenly realizing but I've accidentally done loads of it and I, I actually know a lot about, a lot about yoga and I've gone where did that where did that come from yeah, I love that. Good. Yeah, no, it's good. I think we all need to just, you know, get get over our prejudices about it. Because it's like anything, it can become a cult where it's this whole world that you don't necessarily want to get into. But at its core, sitting there and putting your body in the, in a, in the position that it's not going to be painful and you know looking after your body when you're older there's everyone should be doing that right yeah but I feel the same about dance I think dance has a big stigma attached to it a lot of those central London studios you know people wouldn't even dream of going because they're like oh god they'll be horrible you know the people will be all clicky um yeah it has it definitely has this stigma but actually when you come down to the crux of it it's it is a different thing and you know like yoga it doesn't have to be this kind of stereotype you can just come and and do it for you um you know and for what you know your mind your body whatever it is but yeah I think in in a lot of ways it's very similar and it's one of the reasons we added it to our timetable because you know sometimes people and uh, there's fabulous yoga studios in Richmond that, that I've been to but sometimes people are scared to even go through the door because of the way they feel about a yoga studio so for some reason if they were already dancing with us and they kind of cross that that barrier and then we added yoga and they thought oh I can just do it here and I feel safe and that you know they've then sparked a a love for something else or found something else that they can do for themselves which is yeah but that's why we originally kind of added that in but now it's working really well for us to have the alongside the dance stuff as well and the fitness stuff so when you talk about intimidating studios I thought about they have an office in Covent Garden and is it pineapple dance studios you see all these people very proud and they're kind of they look like the kids from fame kind of walking around super cool yeah yeah. I wasn't going to name names, but but oh, yeah, and, and it's a great studio for what it is. And when I was left college and I was prof- like dancing as professional, it's a great place to go and, and get your class. But, you know, you, you kind of go for that reason. You, you walk in, you're in your own space, you get what you need and then you leave. Whereas what we've tried to create is something that's much more of a community feel. Yeah, there's a bit of chatting and a bit of uh, sort of banter and everybody gets to know each other. We, it, we're, at my studio, we're membership only. So people do tend to get to know each other and that's there for a reason reason but those those London studios they can be really scary they're great for what they are but they can be very intimidating and kind of have that feel that's not very welcoming well Studio K is always big smiling faces and that's what's amazing about it so if people want to find out more you're on on Instagram you're Sarah Cleo is spelled K-L-E-I-O right and on, stu- yep and studio I mean, if they want to find Studio K it's Studio K Richmond uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram 
yeah we've we're studiokdance.co.uk is our website and um, yeah you get in touch come and join us for a free class we'll offer you a free class come and come and give it a go i challenge you <laughs> might even do it myself one day you never know Absolutely. so thanks so much thank you thank you Thanks again to Sarah Cleo. She's Sarah Cleo, K-L-E-I-O, at Sarah Cleo on Instagram. And Studio K, the wonderful dance studio is studiokdance.co.uk, studiokdance.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.